working uh, Saturdays on a regular basis now, of course, uh, with Tom uh, going into semi-retirement. And we are, though, still here with Merle Kelch. Merle, not exactly into semi-retirement yet, anyway. Uh, well, not according to my staff, but, I mean, you know. They think I you know, retire a lot, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true. But when you're the boss, you can uh, kind of set your own hours well, like there's that. Some, there's some truth to that, thank God. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so uh, Merle is, of course, uh, going to tell me that my uh, retirement plan is not exactly on track because I just uh, I sunk a bunch of money into Mega Millions last night, and obviously that didn't uh, work out. Well, I appreciate that. So when I win next week, I'll. I'll uh... <laughs> Uh, I'll repay you back. We'll yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We've got it figured go. out. Yeah. I'll get some of that back when uh, when you win. The, it's a, I think I just saw the number at about one point one uh, billion dollars. What can one point one billion dollar lottery prize, which uh, taking the uh, the cash option, probably amounts to what about uh, six hundred and fifty million only? What can that do for a retirement? You know, what amazes me here, Mike, is that. So many people that win the lottery end up broke within, uh, usually within 10 years, and I think five is actually the norm. And I just looked at myself, if you win $650 million, what do you have to buy to lose all that money? You know, if you, we just go quickly in the, in the top of my head, um, you could put that $65 million inside of a bank and a CD and end up generating somewhere around, uh, you know, 20 to $30 million a year by accident. And how can you spend that? But some people manage to just do it just buying toys and dumb stuff, you know. Um, you know, I look at $650 million, and if I had $650 million, obviously what I do for a living, but, you know, so the investing part would be easy, but I just think about what you can do for so many other people along the way. You know, I, I look at, you know, certainly there's charities you can donate to and this and that and the other thing and, and that whole bit, but, you know, I look at it, I could, uh, you know, set up something that would take, you know, my family and my lineage for education and school and set it up almost in perpetuity for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, could, you could do that sort of stuff, but it'd be amazing. But, I mean, retirement just wouldn't be a question because just the interest at a bank CD rate would generate 20 to $30 million a year. Wow. And, and so how would you uh, I mean, how would you even spend that part of it <laughs> regardless of the rest of it? And, and if it, you know, growth, that would just be the income coming off of it. Yeah, no so kidding. It just, uh, just amazes me. You know, you could give half of it away and still have too much money. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I always look at it, you know, at a certain point, you, you've just got money. You know, you need a certain amount, of course, to sustain yourself, buy food every week, uh, pay off your housing, those sort of expenses and things like that. At a yeah, certain yeah. point, you've just got money. Yeah. And, and that's exactly, of course, where we're at. Of course, there's it's a, an absolutely... A terrible long-term plan because your odds are are so long, and of course yeah. you have to buy so many. Yeah, if your retirement plan yeah. is winning the lottery or right. waiting for your parents to die, there's something wrong with this story. <laughs> Indeed, it, like, you're and, doing something wrong from the outset. Indeed, and and as I had had told you, I I had always considered it just kind of if I do uh, buy a lottery ticket like that, I consider it just uh, an advance payment on uh, some of my. Uh, uh, property tax bill because of course go. in Wisconsin uh, that does come back to us a couple hundred dollars every year depending on the lottery's profits. I actually uh, turned last year for uh, for gambling. I, I turned most of it over to uh, placing a couple of sports bets when I was in the state mm-hmm. of Tennessee where it's legal. One of those could pay off for me later today as you can uh, see Merle. I've got my Jaguars gear on today and I'm ready for my Jacksonville Jaguars to win the AFC South later today. So I figured that was a little more of a safe bet than maybe spending 20 or $30 on, uh, on lottery tickets. Well, 
Especially if it pays off. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, yeah, exactly. It works pretty well. Exactly. Just got to um, do it responsibly, though, just for entertainment purposes. Set yeah. your limits. All of those things. I did. I did sports betting by accident one time in my lifetime, folks. Mm-hmm. And we were. It was actually it was a, a Packers playoff game, and I want to say that they were playing the Seahawks. And this goes how many years back for one of the, the mm-hmm. games coming up? And so it was a playoff game. And as we went through, um, one of the people who were there is you know uh, was one of the managers of the casino. He said, "Here's what the bets that I would play." Uh, uh, that I would do. And so obviously everybody wanted the Packers to win. He says, yeah, but you know, change your odds. And so one of them was, is uh, would the Packers have the first field goal? Okay. And would that be the first score? And that was the bet. And I think I put $2 down and won 300 back. And I'm like, this is great. I love this game. <laughs> and so I had nothing to do with anything else other than yeah. you know, I put a $2 bet down that the odds were just crazy. And I, I won the, won the odds. And so that's, that's pretty much it for my betting folks. I'm, I'm out past that point. Unless, yeah. Yeah, Unless you it, put a couple of bucks in a, a slot machine and you win something back, and that's usually for me a donation too. So. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's uh, again, you, it, as long as you can do it responsibly, there's there's nothing wrong with it, and uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. I know you said you had a, a couple of different things you wanted to to look at today. Of course, the economy uh, still front and center on everybody's mind yep. uh, in Washington. Of course, we also have time for your calls as well at seven one five eight four five. 2155, so give us a call if you've got a question for Merle. But uh, first off, I, I guess, uh, what have you been reading this week? Well, you know, one of the, the biggest things that's happening most prevalently right now is that any good news is bad, and any bad news is actually good. You know, we saw the Dow surge, and, of course, this is from uh, an article from Christine. Oh, jeez, I always have to pause because I look at the names, and the first name is always fine, but the last name I can never exactly. So I'm going to guess it, Christine. I'm certain you're not listening, but nonetheless – comes from marketwatch.com, and her and uh, uh, Christine Adezelis and Joseph Annoffy, God bless those names, I have an article <laughs> out here that says the Dow surges 700 points Saturday, uh, Friday, S&P 500 snaps a four-week losing streak after unemployment reports show wage gains cooled in December. And we kind of think to ourselves, well, don't we want wage gains to go up? Isn't that better for everybody? But, you know, but it's not better for what's going to happen from an economic standpoint and interest rates. The Federal Reserve said they want unemployment to start going up a little bit because it slows the economy down and really help uh, fight the inflation. So in here, the bad news is good because wages are coming down. And people are like, aha, maybe this is the time that the Fed starts slowing down interest rates and it maybe even goes down, which probably isn't going to happen in 23. And so with that being the case, the stock market says, well, maybe this is what we need. Uh, that coupled with what's called an ISM number, um, show that we had some contraction unexpectedly in December uh, versus still some pretty good numbers in November. And so bad is now good probably for the next number of years when it comes to an economic standpoint. Now, in true reality is, is that the unemployment actually came down, uh, the numbers came down. Uh, the number of jobs created were still okay, but still at a low um, comparative. We look back, of course, the, the last year or so in normalcy. Um, you know, the economy still comes through, and there's still a lot of people waffling on whether or not we're going to have a recession at all or whether it's going to be a mild one, of course. And you find just as many articles that said that the world's going to fall apart next year. Mm-hmm. But the math tells us that the economy is still doing okay. It's slowing a little bit, but it's still doing okay. It's not falling apart. We're not in a recession. Um, uh, and and uh, uh, we're in an inflationary event. And, again, I've said it before, folks. Uh, the inflation issues that we're having right now I don't think is from a normal macroeconomic event. I think this is still – reverberations of the ripple effect, if you will, left over from the pandemic. We gave so much cash that's out there, and this cash has got to get swallowed up in the system. 
Otherwise, it just creates more cash for people to buy whatever they want at whatever price they want uh, versus having to shop for a deal because they're trying to hold on to a couple of dollars. So it's a, it's an odd event that's happening right now. I find it uh, very interesting to me. Of course, I'm an odd duck, and nobody else will find it interesting. Um, but it's very interesting to see how this whole thing is unfolding. And uh, I did read this week as well, uh, at least from the Federal Reserve Bank in Atlanta, their uh, leader said that I believe it was uh, he's expecting some more interest rate hikes as well. But apparently that uh, his opinion doesn't really amount to much because he's not a voting member of the feds. But he says, you know, we could see another couple of uh, rate hikes of a half to a uh, 0.75% coming up yet here this year. So the price of money is is not done going up just yeah. yet. Uh, 75%, uh, uh, essentially 75% probability we'll see a quarter point coming up here in the next meeting, which I believe is next month, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we see another quarter of a point go back up. But I think we're done with the 75 basis point jumps. I think those are done. So in essentially um, in here, Mike, and everybody listening is that the Federal Reserve considers 4% to be even. So if we have a 4% interest rate across the country, it's even. That means that we're not uh, um, expanding the economy because the interest rates are so low that borrowing money for our widget machines is cheap. And it's not so expensive that we can't go out and still finance something reasonable if we want to. And, and we're right in that neighborhood now, maybe a little bit over. In fact, I think we're like 425 to 450, mm-hmm. I think is where we are. Um, and so the Federal Reserve is, is kind of targeting the the, uh, the 425 to 450, or sorry, 525 to 550 range. Um, and so if they take it up a half a point, that takes us to the five range. And I think now it becomes contractionary, if that's a word. Um, uh, but it then starts contracting the economy because the interest rates are up and people think, well, I'm going to wait till later. We're already seeing that happen in the mortgage industry. Um, uh, housing, of course, is dropping down because people are looking around saying, well, geez, you know, I could get a mortgage for, Three percent two years ago, and now it's at what six and a half? I'm not doing that. Um, but remember, my first mortgage in the early '80s or in the uh, '80s was uh, you know 11. So, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, still at that, you know, six and a half still looks pretty attractive. Still, so all that stuff has got to play itself out. I think 23 is the year. Yeah. So okay, you you mentioned the four percent number. That's the that's the amount that the Federal Reserve is charging the banks. Of course, then there has to be the bank marking that up as well to the customers. So, yeah. uh, that what does that and that amounts to for the consumer? Then, uh, what kind of a range, or does that depend on the institution? Well, it depends upon the institution. Um, you know, a, an institution could be like anything else; they're going to charge what they can get. Um, what we're finding is that CD rates are starting to go up. Um, I just saw three percent just recently at a bank for a, a year and a half CD, or they call it a fourteen month. Um, you know. Uh, so I thought, you know, uh, interest rates on CDs are really starting to go up. But also, if you go take a loan out, or you take a personal loan out, you're seeing that's where that, that's really jumping. So the spreads in here, and this time of the year, it tends to be really, or this time in the economic cycle with interest rates going up, tends to be really good for banks. Because the amount that they're attracting money is the amount that they're paying inside of CDs and savings accounts. Um, it's still low compared to what they're now charging on the way out. And so it usually creates some nice profits from a banking standpoint. So that's where the um, uh, government... Uh, does a better job. So think about this. If I'm a bank, I can mm-hmm. go borrow money from the discount window from the Fed at 4%, um, or I can go out there and I could pay 3% for CDs. I save 1% on interacting my money. I don't have to borrow it from the Federal Reserve. Um, I can simply borrow it by cash coming in, that type of thing. So uh, uh, interesting animal how that goes. But again, like anything else, it's got to play out as this year comes along. Yeah, indeed. And and it, it just absolutely blows my mind that I can ask somebody like you that 
and you've got an answer off the top of your head oh, as well. Just so. too many years of school and being in this business, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Merle Kels. We're making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We've always got time for your phone calls. So give us a call at 715-845-2155. If you have a question for Merle, we'll be right back with more after this. 8.25 on a Saturday morning. We are on our way to a daytime high near about 31 uh, today. Not too bad at all to to get outside if you've uh, got plans. I know Merle Kelch does. You've got some plans to do some uh, some ice fishing. We're going to do some ice fishing today. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yes. Uh, but I couldn't be- even walk through the snow yesterday, so we'll see what happens with the ice. You know, <laughs> so it'll be kind of uh, interesting. Yes, indeed. You know- be safe on the ice, as always. But uh, before <laughs> before we get you out there to... to uh, do some fishing of course we gotta gotta get to pick your brain about the economy this week and i know again we're still in in kind of flux with the economy right now we've had some real good weeks we've had some real bad weeks i have uh, gone against my own advice and checked my 401k it's doing a little better than it was about six months ago but it still looks like there's room for improvement so go ahead and, and i guess uh, tell everybody that things are still going to be okay um, I suggest bourbon. Okay. Bourbon really helps out. It makes everything better. Indeed. I, I, Indeed. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the best advice I got. <laughs> All right. So far, folks, there's a 100% or 50% chance the markets are going to go up and another 50 will go down. That's about the best advice that we have. Um, uh, but from that, you know, it's interesting. I, I took a little bit of vacation. In fact, I'm still, <clears throat> excuse me, in theory on vacation until Monday. Okay. So I tried to, and I told my wife, I said, I think I'm going to try to not look at the news for a whole week. And uh, she said, oh, God, this isn't going to last very long. I'm like, what do you think? Why do you say that? You know, it gave me a hard time. Um, I made it like 18 minutes. And then I started looking at stuff in the markets. And again, it's just, apparently it's just in my blood. It's what I do. Indeed. You know, so in here, you know, one of the things that pops up, and I was having a conversation with some friends of mine, an article popped up and somebody wrote it. And this is a theme that you see continually. Uh, but this just happens to be the latest, uh, latest article. And, folks, it's a nice one if you want to get out there and do a little bit of a morning read. It's by Isabel Wang. It's called History Shows Odds Favor 20% Stock Market Return in 2023 After a Brutal 2022 uh, Fund Strat, says. So, you know, we look at this and we see the stock market drop down. So the, uh, the you know, the S&P 500, call it for sake of ease, was down about 20% last year. The, uh, the Dow and uh, NASDAQ down less. Um, but we look at this and say, well, geez, is this normal? Has this happened? Well, um, oddly enough, in here... Um, in the 19 instances of a negative S&P 500 index, and I'm reading from the article, folks, um, since 1950, over half of those years were followed by a gain of more than 20% going back up again the next year. Um, of it, if two of the years were flat and the others, of course, gained less than 20. And so we look at this and say, well, geez, is that going to be the case for this year too? Don't know. But, you know, from an economic standpoint, we still look at this. And as much as we've been seeing news media and news outlets, and it doesn't matter from what side of the aisle you're looking at news medias, they're saying, are we in a recession? Everybody's trying to climb out. And the answer is no, we're not. Um, Though we've had some negative GDP numbers, those really had more to do with imports and exports than what's actually happening from an economic standpoint. If you're in business, all you have to look around and say, we can't find employees. In fact, I heard a, a thing yesterday in the news. I stopped in the office, of course, because I was on vacation. So I stopped in the office yesterday. And when I stopped in the office, I'm listening. He said, if we take all the job openings that are out there and everybody who has the availability to work and just isn't because of their own personal reasons, and they went back to work, we're still short 4 million people in the U.S. right now for jobs. We don't have enough bodies to come in here. 
And so, so with that, we're always going to have that sort of draw or draw and um, um, wanting from employees, and therefore it's some expansion unless the economy just falls apart. And there's really no indications that that's happening yet. Will it? We don't know. Um, but you know, there's a there's a real good consensus going out there that we could fix inflation before the economy goes down. Maybe that's the case. I know inside of this article there is a person. I'm trying to find the person who said it. I found it. Um, uh, Lee. Uh, let's see if we got a first name for Lee. All right. Uh, all right. Lee doesn't have a name. But anyway, Lee is his name. Um, he is uh, suggesting that the uh, Federal Reserve, um, when they take a look at inflation, they may have over already shot. So it's his belief that the CPI report could um, see the core, which, of course, they take out food and uh, fuel. And he thinks that it could show that inflation has actually dropped down to a 2% for a surprise. That would be really bleeding amazing, by the way, if that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, But we're starting to see a lot of stuff like that, saying, well, geez, are we getting better than what we think? And part of it has to do with uh, the economy just being normal and growing and sucking up all the cash that's out there because we're buying our goods and services. And unfortunately, for a bunch of them at a higher rate rate, at a higher expense rate. So we'll see what happens, but that as the supply chain continues to um, improve and get better, um, I think it continues to keep dropping down prices. You know, there's a thing called the M2 money supply, and if you've listened out here, folks, over the course of the last number of months, I've been touting that for a long time. In fact, somebody should just get me a shirt that says, you know, M2 on it. Uh, the M2 money supply is one better than M1. <laughs> <laughs> I got. A, I've got a feeling it's not that simple. That's but. my attempt at humor. That's it. That's all I got. So, Morton or uh, Milton Friedman, who's the they call the father of modern economics, and for those of you bored at home, it'll give you something to do if you want to read about his stuff. But I actually did use his textbook in one of my economics classes mm-hmm. in college, so it was nice. But that said, um, he said if you want to follow inflation, follow the M two money supply, and uh, so far uh, it's been right on the head. So. Uh, let me take a back up on that. So uh, M2 money supply is uh, one better than M1 because M1 is essentially your CDs, money market accounts, savings accounts. M2 encompasses not only that, but also the cash that you have in the backyard, in your pocket, in your wallet, and all that too. So it basically takes all the cash that's out there outside of investments, such as you know stocks, bonds, et cetera, et cetera. So with it, if you track that, it tells how much money that people have out there to spend. And when we went into the different um, uh, administrations after the pandemic, of course, the Trump administration gave away a bunch of cash. And, you know, and I get the reason that we started out giving away so much cash because we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, the Biden administration came in and, and he gave away a lot more cash. And so what happened then is we can follow the M2 money supply and it just shot up like a rocket. And we look with it and inflation followed right along behind. Well, we've seen been seeing uh, the M2 money supply coming down quite a bit over the course of the last six, eight months. Um, and just came down again in our November numbers. Of course, December is always a little bit delayed. We'll see what that comes down. But it looks like the M2 money supply. So aside from all the other gumbo that's going on inside of the economy, inflation seems to be getting better. I know when I fill up my diesel truck, it's nice. For the first time in a long time, I didn't have to fill it twice in the same sitting. <laughs> As my friend says, well, how do you fill it twice? Easy. Your you know, pump clicks off at 100 bucks. Yep. You start it over and fill it up with the next money. You know, yep. <laughs> to have it filled to the top. Swipe the card again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So so inflation is improving. Uh, but we have to remember that the bad is going to be good because right now the Federal Reserve wants the economy to slow down a little bit more. I'm not sure if it's going to get there. So we'll see. So it's really a, a very interesting thing to me to watch and, and see how this is going to unfold. 
He's Merle Kelch. We're making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. Always, if you've got your questions, give us a call at 715-845-2155. We'll be back with more after a check of your news headlines here on WSAU. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. This show contains forward-looking statements that may not come true. Securities Investment Advisory Services offered through Grove Point Financial, member FINRA SIPC, Grove Point Financial, and Kelch Associates are unaffiliated companies. And folks, this program is intended for Wisconsin residents only. We are at uh, 8.38 on this Saturday morning. Again, on our way to a daytime high, about in the uh, low 30s. Not too bad for this weekend. Actually, a fairly quiet forecast uh, for the rest of the week, and I think we can take that in the uh, first full month of January. Yeah. Uh, of course, the the first full business week of the year coming up here. Uh, what it, What is the holiday break uh like for you right there that week around christmas to new year is that the uh, like the slowest week of the year where the best time for you to take vacation merle oh boy it, it kind of is and at the same time it can be crazy but we plan ahead so yes <clears throat> folks I, I got i got to share this so i've been in this business 31 32 years and when you first start out in this business i mean you try to see people wherever you can and when i was younger i'd actually saw people for clients to get stuff done on christmas eve i've done that mm-hmm my wife at the time wasn't real happy about that, but you know, you're young, try to get stuff out. And then as the years go on, you start getting some clients, you're doing some work. Well, then everybody at the end of the month wants to do everything for their, you know, contributions going in for their IRAs, or they have to take out their required minimum distributions, and they all want to wait until the end of uh, December. And so finally, over the years, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Because if you try to take your money out on December 21st, and something gets screwed up in the mail, or you miss a signature or a date, you're just SOL for the rest of the oh, month. Oh, sure. So, so what we've done is we've just went through and did a really good job, and I don't want to say training because that sounds bad, but we start this process on December 1st. We said we want to get all this stuff done. And so invariably somebody misses a signature. We lose a page. It doesn't show up in the mail. So we're usually done by the second week of December. We get all this stuff done. And then for Christmas, uh, for many, many years now, um, we uh, say on Christmas Day, in fact, um, we have breakfast with all the kids. We open up all the stuff for the grandkids, everything else. And we say, well, all right, get the hell out. So we have, <laughs> we have breakfast in the morning for Christmas breakfast. They all go off to, the, you know, their kids and in-laws and anything else. Uh, and then we usually drive down to Florida and visit friends or drive down to Louisiana, which we have for a long time area. And uh, and we take a vacation for that week. And then we usually go over to, uh, the, the, the next week as well. Well, this year we took our camper down to Florida to see what we'd like, see if we like the idea of the whole Florida thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know my wife is probably listening right now, and God bless the people in Florida, but it's not a place I want to live. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. The weather's nice. I can enjoy Beautiful. this time of the year. The rest of the year kind of stinks. But there's just so many people. That oh, <laughs> is true. Lord. You can't it take a true. ride without, uh, you know, a two-mile ride takes you an hour and a half because you have 45 stoplights. Indeed. Well, I'm it- exaggerating, obviously, but... It, yeah, I've I've been to Florida as well. Uh, you know that you know the state uh, the state law in Florida. By the way, they can't let you leave anywhere without going through a gift shop. That's the other problem uh, with Florida. But hey, you know the people that you meet are pretty good down oh, there. Yeah. At least at least when I was there. No, no but problem. The people, people it, are great. There's but there's so just many so many. Indeed. You know, I've uh, I've I've been blessed to see a lot of people all over the world in a lot of places. The most packed place I've ever seen was uh, was. Ho Chi Minh or Saigon, you know, old Saigon. Oh, sure. 
So I was there, and and it so many people, just just so many people. You have no idea. Um, uh, in in fact, uh, just for an example, you know, we have circles that are up here that some are one lane, some are kind of two lanes. Um, theirs are like eight wide, and it's a circle. And there's six and seven people on a 25 or 50 cc scooter, and they're running around just going another day. And I just said, this is amazing. I said NASCAR's got nothing over the great people of <laughs> Vietnam. It's just that they're only doing, you know, 15 or 20 miles an hour. But, yeah. I mean, these people can drive. So <clears throat> just so many people. I just said, this is amazing. And this past time I was in Florida thinking to myself, my God, am I back here again? Because there's just so many people all over. Sure. There's there's places, and, and I know I'm running on a tangent here, but, you know, we get to do this. Indeed. Uh, there's, there's a couple places. And, and one of my favorite things to do was to drive out to the country and go to the orchard places where they just bring the orchards, you know, the oranges in, mm-hmm. and you put a half gallon out there, and they uh, squeeze it and put the half gallon of oranges right in. And then I'd drive back to Wisconsin at the time. And now we're going back 25 years ago, folks. And I'd sit there and I'd sip on the oranges as the day as I was driving. I just, this is fantastic. Fresh squeeze. It just doesn't get any better. Well, I went to go to that same shop, and it's there, but now it has a gift shop. <laughs> um, a couple of different oranges, and the orchards now condos, and they have to bring the oranges from somebody else. They don't even grow their own oranges anymore. Oh, it's geez. gone. It's all houses. And I'm like, Jesus, this is amazing. You know, it's just just incredible how it happened. So um, so we were down there, and uh, but, all right, so let's get back to some <laughs> let, 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 Yeah, let, let's try to make some more money for people here instead of so telling stories. So one of the indicators that's out there, and this is still continuing on with this article with Isabel uh, Wang, so there's a thing called a, a VIX, and it's a it's a um, ec- volatility index. And so, obviously, the higher the VIX goes, the more people are um, experiencing volatility in markets or inside of the bond marketplace, less volatility, uh, more ease. And last year, most particularly inside of the bond marketplace, uh, the VIX for bonds it was just off the charts. So we, again, had um, uh, many, many years, folks, of interest rates being at record lows. And bond prices being anywhere from, geez, we, we, we've saw 20, 25% uh, overvaluation of bonds that I would personally like to buy for clients. The price is just way overpriced. And so if you buy your bond at $1,000 and all of a sudden the bond is at uh, $1,200, when you turn it in, you're only getting the 1000 So you just lost 20%, for example, when the interest rates come up. Well, the interest rates were so low at so long, now they just jumped up quickly last year. And so all those bond prices and values drop like a rocket. And the the cascading effect that happened is not only people who had bond portfolios looked at it and said, what happened to my money? Uh, because the bond prices corrected themselves. The interest rate and the money people were getting each month or quarter or every six months, however it was established, that remains the same. Income doesn't change. Um, but the bond prices dropped like a rocket. Most people looked at their portfolios and had heart attacks. But the other part of that is that you had things such as um, annuities and stuff like that and values because those are so conservatively built and they build them around bonds and all of a sudden those things all lost money. And a lot of people go, well, geez, this is supposed to be conservative. How am I losing money? Well, it's because of bond valuations. And you know, then you have to go through and explain how that goes. Well, the, 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 the fear on that instead of bonds is just was insane. And fortunately, now it started to level itself back out. And people who are into bonds and building bond portfolios, which I enjoy doing, um, we're finally starting to look around saying, hey, we've got some stuff that's in good price that are good quality bonds. Um, the municipal market is really starting to come around, which municipal marketplace I like, because you can buy some bonds. And if you buy the right ones, they'll have some insurance to them. We can insure insurance and principal payments, uh, that type of stuff on the bonds too. All that stuff is starting to come back. We're starting to see the fear drop down. And oddly enough, we're also starting to see the VIX, it's called, or the 
uh, uh, fear index, um, starting to drop down on the stock market too, where people are starting to say, hey, you know, things are getting a little bit better. So yesterday it was a good day. We dropped up, you know, jumped up over 700 points. Um, and uh, with it, we added 2% to the Dow, and the, the Dow, S&P, and NASDAQ all snapped a four-week winning streak mm-hmm. in one day, and just because wages went down. <laughs> so this is the Fox News Radio 5-Minute News Service. Uh-oh, this you is broke your- something. Yes, I did. <laughs> we have fixed it, though. All right, so we're all set. <laughs> yes, we're good. So um, on that, um, you know, keep the faith, keep watching. So, and my question to you then is, is this another case of uh, you're looking at the money that you have invested in these vehicles, and this is not money for now. This is money for later. Even though you are seeing all the bad news like this, you just, you're better off keeping it where it is as opposed to making a snap decision with it. Yeah. Statistics after statistics after statistics show that if you say, well, I'm going to pull my money out and I'm going to put the money back in again, I'm trying to time the market, uh, you drop your probability of making money from 9 out of 10 to about 2 out of 10 when you look at it long term. And this is using modern portfolio theory and your statistics, using DFA fund studies, et cetera, et cetera. But that your odds drop way off if you try to pull it out and try to time the market because you might hit it right, but largely you're not going to mm-hmm. because we don't know. I know the stock market is going to go up, but if you ask me when, I, I don't know the answer. To yeah, that. but it's going to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so that's the part we just don't know. But the way to look at it is this: um, I look at it in the sense that, all right, the stock market went down last year. Could I maybe pull it out and be lucky, and put some more stuff back in and, and uh, be lucky when I put it back in? Sure, but if I leave it there, how will I be in in uh, five years from now? Will it be higher? And I think the answer is yes. It's going to be. Uh, will it be higher in three years? Yeah, probably. You know. How about one year? Eh, maybe. Um, but again, within that one year, I don't know when to pull it out or put it back in or buy it or sell it. So if I'm going to put it in here invested, I'm not going to invest for one year. I'm investing for three or five anyway. Mm-hmm. So now's a pretty good time in which to buy it because we just got a nice discount last year. And so we did that. And so even inside of my personal portfolio, and I usually don't like to you know, say what I did, and I'm not going to say what I bought or sold, folks, but I bought um, a bunch of stuff back in March because the market dropped and then decided to drop more, you know. So it shows, you know, even when I'm looking at this, I'm in the industry and I know what I'm doing, um, and it's, it still went down more. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, I bought some more stuff uh, in, in June and July. Well, it turns out by the end of the year that it turned out all right. I mean, we uh, we made some money, and, and if you haven't seen, folks, the last quarter of the year, we made back some ground from the dismal June that we were sitting at. Mm-hmm. We made some ground back. Didn't make it up to positive, certainly, in many instances, but we made some ground back. Um, and so, you know, as we come along for this next year, I also didn't even do any tax selling at the end of this year. I just left the investments because we're trickling up so much. Otherwise, uh, another thing is you could sell micro cap or, or uh, chip stock number one, sell it and book a loss and then buy chip stock number two instead. Well, I wanted chip stock number one. I wanted to keep it. So I kept the stock and, and it's paying off for me right now. Um, but, you know, so I'm too, as we talk for our clients, I'm buying for couple years out Mm -hmm. i'm not buying for what's happening right now because you just can't time the market you just don't know when to do it yeah indeed again just like gambling just like putting the money down at the blackjack table nobody's odds are going to be better than the houses right oh well in the stock market that's actually opposite really um it's different you know people will say to me well merle you must be a gambler i said no i really i don't like it i stink well i don't stink it i can make some money but 
I don't like playing blackjack because then I have to sit there and keep thinking about math and numbers, and I don't want to. I'm on vacation at that point in time. Right. You know, my idea of gambling, folks, if I find a good uh, band at a bar someplace and they got the little poker machines where I can play a dollar every once in a while for a free drink, I'm a happy guy for hours, you know. <laughs> um, but but the, the thing is, is that the stock market um, is all going to be based upon the profitability of a company. So if we look at the profitability of a company, is a company, one, making money, which is we have to do first, is the company's making money, they're expanding sales, they're continuing to keep growing to the bottom line, that stock price is going to grow in value because of the profitability and the expansion of the asset. So if that stock company is making money and the stock grows, I'm going to make money. I know that's going to be the case. When will it go up? That part I don't know, but I know it will. Eventually, it's going to start making some money. And, and so with that, I think the stock market is not like gambling okay? because we know if we're buying a good quality company, um, we're going to eventually make money one year, three years, five years. You know, Warren Buffett says he doesn't buy a stock uh, if uh, he buys a stock for 10 years. He said, if I'm going to buy it for one, why do I want to own it? So he buys a stock for 10 years out when he starts buying something. Do they go up and down in the middle? Sure they do, um, like anything else. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we'll have clients that say, well, I want to take a flyer and I just want to try something and do, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, take a flyer on something and see how it goes. Well, my response is, how much can you afford to lose at a casino and not cry about it? Because now if you're just taking a flyer, you're not worried about whether there's a company making money, not making money. Are their management board doing well? How are their ratios? Do they have cash? Do they have any long-term debt? If you're not asking any of those questions, now you're gambling. So now it has to be an amount that you can afford to lose at a casino um, and not whine about it. And that's why we have people like Merle. He is making financial sense here on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU. We may still have time to squeeze in a phone call. If you've got a question for Merle, you can give us a call at 715-845-2155. We'll be back to wrap the show up after this. Wrapping things up here on Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. I am WSAU News Director Mike Leishner. He's Merle Kelch of Kelch & Associates. And Merle, uh, I mean, again, we're just kind of wrapping things up here for the show this week. If you do have a question for Merle, you might be able to squeeze you in. Uh, give us a call at 715-845-2155. But uh, Merle, uh, going into the new year, I, I guess I already asked you what you do at the end of the year, and you kind of made that clear. It's taking care of everybody's year-end paperwork. Now that you go into the new year, uh, what do you do besides uh, sit around and uh, roll the dice and make predictions for the new year, right? <laughs> now it's tax time. Um, <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting in here, folks, is that uh, you know now we hit you know, end of the year, everyone's get everything done for the end of the year. We got that done. So now the new year comes. Now everybody's getting their taxes done. So uh, we'll get somebody to go into their tax accountant, and the tax accountant says, well, if you put this much in, you're going to save this money on tax, you know, blah, 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 and that whole bit. And so now we're running around, and, and my assistant, Kim, who uh, does a tremendous job for us, um, as, as does my assistant, Mary, but Mary's now uh, more retired than not. Um, you know, so Kim's running in, people just, you know, dropping off checks and put this money in the account and that whole bit and, and that whole bit. But, you know, so now we get busy doing that, and then um, in about two months, we'll start getting the accounts going. Hey, do you have the basis for this investment? Investment. Then we pop out printing out sheets for basements. So that's all of our busy work for the next four months. We'll be doing all that stuff and uh, seeing clients and doing our normal reviews in the middle of there. You know, folks, I want to I want to put some stuff out there. Uh, Tom always gave me a hard time about cryptocurrency mm -hmm. um, um, it, because I'm, I've never been a fan of it. And I'm not a fan not. of it either. <laughs> um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff popping out here about this FTX and, and what's going on in here. 
Um, they're looking at this fraud. It's, this is going to. It looks like it's going to beat Bernie Madoff as far as the fraud goes in the collapse of this thing coming up. And wow! It's going to make Enron look like a little baby compared to this. Wow! Thing when this thing is done, and it's all because of the leverage and the stuff that goes on from a computer program, which is what cryptocurrency is. And uh, so, so watch some of that, um, especially if you're hearing people say, "I'm going to go invest in some crypto. I think it's going to be wonderful." Well, it, it's it's it doesn't look like it's going to be. So I just want to put that out there for a note uh, for those of you who are thinking about crypto. Yeah, because uh, and you and I have talked about it briefly as well because it's not something tangible. You can't you can't hang on to it. You can't really liquidate it easily. And now we're finding out that uh, with this, a lot of people have lost a lot of money in it as well. And even the athletes that were endorsing it now, they're they're starting to lawyer up as if they haven't already. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you know, when you get one of the athletes that endorsed a product from a commercial, I don't think that uh, they're going to be liable for suit just because they endorsed and got paid for it. Because they got paid for the job to say they endorsed this. So I don't think there's going to be anything to it. But it does kind of make it interesting where um, I've seen so many times in this industry, when the stock market goes up, nobody has a problem. But when it goes down, nobody knows what happened. You know, and, and <laughs> everyone wants to sue. Uh, it's always interesting how that happens. Yeah. And, and uh, so crypto for the year, your advice is... Stay out like or always. get in. Don't go into it. It's, <laughs> Stay, it just I kind of figured, sense. but I wanted to get that uh, get that on the record. Yeah. So, so uh, still consistent here. It's, it's not a real investment. It's a computer program. Yeah, indeed. Well, Merle, if uh, if you know, again, we didn't get any calls today, but if we've uh, given somebody something to think about, and they maybe want to get in touch with you a little later on next week when you are back in the office uh, from vacation, how do they get a hold of you there at well, Council folks, Associates? We'll be back, full strength, running like crazy. I sure as heck won't be any thinner, maybe a little more sun. Uh, we'll be in the office bright and early uh, Monday morning. Come and visit us, 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street in Wausau. Stop in and kick the tires, have a cup of coffee. Um, you can give us a call locally, 715-849-3600, or outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100, or find us online at kelsonassociates.com. All right. Well, Merle, we appreciate the time on this Saturday morning. We look forward to chatting again next week week as well. He's Merle Kelch. We've been making financial sense here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. As a reminder, the show is always available on demand as well as a podcast at WSAU.com. So you'll be able to check that out a little later this morning. We'll get that posted. And again, we'll be back next week here at 8 a.m. on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU.